0: Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives and We are now in 2021. So many of you now are balancing running with the rest of your lives in a way that hopefully aligns with some goals that you have in 2021, whether they're goals for a new PR or a certain time that you want to hit or regaining fitness or maybe a process goal like, hey, I want to run 2000 miles this year or I don't know, 100 miles a month, whatever it may be. I hope you're well on your way to doing that uh, when you're listening to this as excited as so many of us are. For the new year, I am certainly one of those people. Me and Allie in this version of Ramblings on the Run are going to basically digest what happened in 2020 in a very positive way that we always like to do. We're going to do kind of our our best of innocence. So not like a best of like, hey, here are are, you know, my own personal favorite moments of the year, but much more uh, fun and granular, like, hey, our favorite binge watch of the year and things like that. So, uh, you know, like every conversation I have with la this was so much fun. She's such an amazing person. If you're listening to this show, you almost certainly listen to hers because hers is the most popular running podcast in the country and for good reason. But if for some reason you don't subscribe to the Alley on the Run show, please go do it. You'll be better for it if for no other reason than she is such a bright shining light of positivity and fun that no matter what they talk about on her show, it will certainly make your day better. So let's get into this episode of Ramblings on the Run with Allie and Matt. Hello and welcome to Ramblings on the Run with Matt Chittum and Allie Feller Allie, it's so good to talk to you. This is always the highlight of my podcasting life. And here we are on the cusp of a new year. I'm excited to be basically recording my last podcast episode of 2020 with you. Allie, this has been obviously a wild year and I'm excited to get into some of our favorite things from a year that wasn't anybody's favorite, but there can still be delightful things along the way. So I
1: feel like every year, well, hi. Hi, everyone. Good to be here. Uh, I feel like every year there are so many highs and lows, and obviously 2020 has had plenty of both. Every year I go through it, I'm like, oh, this year's been really hard. This year sucks, whatever it is. And then I get to this week between Christmas and New Year's where I'm like, this was the best year ever. Even this year, I'm like, I don't know, maybe it's the like persistent eternal optimist in me where I'm like, this was a good year. Like, And I know that it wasn't a good year for a million reasons that are very serious. Um, but I think I have this part of my brain where I shut out the bad. And when I look in hindsight, I see the good. And I don't know if that's a good thing or if it's way too delusional. But right now in this moment, I'm like, there is some good stuff this year.
0: I don't think there's a lot wrong with having rose colored glasses when you look into the past. Yeah. Right. I think it, I mean, if you have them too much on, during the present and maybe into the future, it could leave you astray. But if you're looking in the past, unless it's going to, like, stop you from, like, not putting your hand on a hot stove, like, <laughs> then it really isn't that much to worry about, I guess.
1: <laughs> Wait, that's the best example. I literally put my hand in a hot oven this morning. I was baking every, like, two weeks. I bake a big batch of superhero muffins, Flame Flanagan and Elise Kopecky's muffins from their cookbooks. And... Today was muffin day, so it was like 6.30 in the morning. I'm making my muffins. And I went to take them out, and the pan slipped. And of course, like, flips upside down before I got it out of the oven. So I'm, like, sticking my hand in the hot oven trying to get all of the muffin particles. And it was not a good batch. It was crumbly. It was. It's just, like, a whole thing. So, you know, it's not my house, but I did my best to clean it up.
0: Did you do your best to clean it up, or did you give it the 6.30 a.m. try?
1: I did my best because... <laughs> <laughs> we have been living at my parents' house since March now, and I feel like we're at a point right now with the four of us adults, so my husband, myself, my mom, and my dad, we're like, we love each other very much, but also we have been living in their house since March, which I just think we're at a point where like, at any moment someone could throw a punch, and we're not those people. And so I just like really am like, what can I do to keep everyone happy? I want everyone to like me because I I am a lot to live with. And I know that like I like things a certain way, but it's not my house. And so anyway, I yes, I did a very good job cleaning it up. I There was a Brussels sprout in there that I took out that I did not put the Brussels sprout there. So just really above and beyond. Honestly,
0: that wasn't part of the muffin, was it? No,
1: (laughs) no, that was from a previous dinner, maybe even (laughs) from like Thanksgiving. No, someone else dropped a Brussels sprout down there, but I fished it out.
0: Well I mean that's really the kind of Brussels sprout you want. Like the really the real crispy, crispy right up yep, yeah, no, wa- no one wants like the microwaved Ew, soft doggy. spongy Brussels sprout.
1: No way. Disgusting. Yeah. So <laughs>
0: no. good for good for you for making it for making it work. My six thirty AM cleans um do a disservice to the word clean. Usually it's like some sort of vague organizing in a certain area. Um, hopefully they get back to it at a later time. Um, so, hey, how's it going on the run? It's
1: going. Okay, so actually, fun. Last time we talked, remember, I was very stressed out because I was waiting for my very important delivery
0: I know. We thought it was going to come during the show. Live Peloton delivery podcast.
1: Yeah, except that it then never arrived, and it came two full days later, which was a whole thing. But it's totally fine because it's here now, and it's awesome. And I am loving having a treadmill. I've never had one before. It is so, it's such a nice piece of equipment. It is wonderful. Uh, we're in New Hampshire and so, and we got that huge snowstorm last week. And so it's really nice to have a safe option, an option that I can do either before Annie wakes up or when she's napping and I can't leave the house to run or just when I want to mix it up and do a clap, like whatever it is. Um, that's the biggest thing in my running life right now. I'm just, you know, my outdoor runs are the same as always, just what I can, when I can enjoying the great outdoors but now I have a treadmill and it's very exciting for me. And so do, to anyone do you remember listening last
0: year, Do you remember last year where like the Peloton ad was like the yeah. worst thing going.
1: I never, well,
0: I, I, never I, I, did, I didn't get into that too. I was just kind of like, it's an ad Who really yeah. cares.
1: People need to chill. Um, I thought it was totally fine. I actually thought that ad was probably very relatable for a lot of people who were newer in their fitness journeys. I thought that all the people who were like, why is she nervous? She's skinny. I was like, that's actually... No, I I had a lot of issue with people being so offended by that. Uh, I tend to have a lot of issues with people being very offended by a lot of things, which I'm a little bit salty tonight. What's wrong with me? I I feel like I need to like... No, I don't want to be the salty person. And just... (laughs) it's just been a long day. Like it's, it, you know, like two year olds are so busy and they're so cute, but like so exhausting. And it's, you know, we're recording this at eight thirty at night. And so, um, I got a treadmill and it's awesome. That's my synopsis. All right.
0: Do you have a favorite person to watch during, like, uh, I mean, I don't have a Peloton, but I'm aware of what's, what's going on yes. with them. So, is there a certain, certain, you know, run coach or whatever that you that you are gravitating towards? And do you know them personally? I feel like you know so many people in the running community.
1: <laughs> um, I would say I have a top four. Number one is Jess Sims who I do know personally, and she's been on the Alley on the Run show, and she's awesome. Number two is Manny Magiacomo. He is so wonderful. I laugh out loud during all of his classes. He's just, like, really fun, and I enjoy him. Just gets me to work really hard. I, like, want to make her proud, even though she doesn't know that I'm out there. Uh, number three is Olivia Amato, which, like, I hate this phrase, but holy girl crush. I might be in love with her. Um it's fine. And number four is Bex Gentry, who just she looks like a combination of Chalene Flanagan and Barbie. And she has the most delightful British accent. Uh, And fun fact, she last year at the 2019 New York City Marathon, she was the first woman non, I think it's non pro or non elite finisher. She ran a 237. And I was walking across the finish line, like behind it, not the part of the race where they're running. I was walking across to start my shift as a finish line announcer. And I was standing right there when she crossed the finish line with her arms up. And I was like, that's Bex Gentry. And then I learned that she was the first non-professional woman to finish in 237. And I love her. Yes.
0: There you go. Bex favorites. Gentry. That's awesome. That would yeah. be like a great, like, we're not gonna be able to do it now because we already have planned out what we're doing on this podcast, but Bex <laughs> Gentry, that's like a great name for runner or indie rock band. Yes. Bex Gentry. Go. That's
1: so true. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's super cool. So yeah, I'm I'm still very new on the Peloton scene, but so far it's been a really wonderful tool and it's something I'm having fun with. It's fun to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, Tell me about your life on the run. Give us all. Give us all the mastering forty update.
0: I'm not mastering anything uh, at the moment. Uh, so mastering forty was about to hit. You know, it was about to breach its namesake. I was on the cusp of doing forty mile weeks. We talked about it in the last episode. Like, all right, forty miles a week. Here we come. Uh, no, not even close. Barely got to half of it. Um, my wife, who's a, who's a special ed elementary school teacher, had. An unbelievably busy stretch um, here at her school. My kids all of a sudden were distance learning. And then my dog got neutered. So I basically had to watch the dog like 24-7. My wife was like working 18 hours a day to get all this paperwork and all this crazy stuff done. And I also had to monitor my kids. So it was like a miracle that I even got like 19 (laughs) miles a week. And like half of it was like on a long run. I really ran like twice a week.
1: Yeah, but you did your run. You're out running at like 9pm. And so I do say like, I hope you give yourself some credit because you're the only guy I know who I feel like you used to run at like 5am, like 5am sharp. And now you're doing your runs at like 830 at night. And the first thing I always think when I see your posts, I'm like, Matt, are you staying safe out there? Like, do do you have good lights that you
0: wear? Exactly so, the good lights. Exactly. See, this is it. This is exactly the point. It's like I don't run in the sun. Like if they come out with <laughs> like Underworld Seven, Kate Beckinsale, it's going to be like running with kids. Underworld <laughs> Seven, Kate yeah. Beckinsale and Matt Chittam never run outside during you know with with sunscreen on. Um So that that's basically where I'm at with my running. Yeah, it's exact. It's exactly right. I'm either running at 4:30 a.m. or 9 p.m. Luckily today wasn't the case because there is no school. Yay! So I was able to embrace sunlight, um, you know. I feel, like, I feel like I should go outside with, like, the 95-year-old driving blue blocker sunglasses totally. um, during those times just to really make sure that I'm careful. Uh, get a tan. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Get a, get a tan between my nose and upper lip and then have everything else covered. Um, but that's just the way it goes. I mean, it, it literally, it was like, I'm like, all right, this is just, you know, this is, this is what happens. I really didn't get too too worked up about it. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to lie. Was it frustrating at certain points? Absolutely. But you could also kind of say, like, all right, this are, there is, like, a timeline associated with this. It's not going to be forever. Uh, my dog will not have a cone on his head forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so on and so forth. Uh, in fact, it's coming off tomorrow, thankfully. Yay! It's basically becoming a... Uh, It's basically becoming a weapon at this point. This puppy is just no holds barred. He's not sedated anymore from all the drugs that that he needed to put him under. So he just runs around the house and just slams into things with his cone. By things I mean people, other dogs, kids, and various christmas tree paraphernalia Oh um, no. it's been a wild wild christmas with this puppy
1: oh my gosh i bet well i do hope you give yourself credit for the running that you are doing and for getting it in there after very long and tiring days so if you don't give yourself credit i am here to give you credit let me know if you need it
0: all right credit boom done done exactly exactly <laughs> Go team. all right um all right i'm not gonna lie i forgot what's next what's next allie
1: What is something that you're loving right now? A content, a piece of content, an item, a recommendation or a product?
0: All right. Well, you know what? Let's skip this one because we're going to be covering all this stuff in the next group. Right. I mean, we're going to be the the second half of this is going to be like all the stuff that you're loving right now or have loved this year. All right. So let's just go to the third one. What is it? what What we're excited about? Yeah, everybody. This is like a peek behind the curtain. This is what happens usually (laughs) right before the call goes on. I go, wait, what are the three things we do every single time?
1: I also want to point out these, obviously. No, right before we started, I said, okay, I have the list in front of me. Do you need me to send it to you? And you go, no, I'm good.
0: I th- yeah um, i mean I, th- I thought i thought we were referring to the categories we're about to talk about um it's, i should have known great. better because i was the one that came up with the categories of course i had them um yeah well there you go all
1: right we're doing great we're thriving
0: <laughs> thriving we are thriving um so what am i excited about um i'll tell you what i'm excited about and this is like a total like running geek thing at the beginning of every year is when we find out like who the new shoe sponsors are for the new elite athletes. So at the end, a lot of the track athletes uh, contracts end at the end of calendar year. So in January and February, you end up finding out like who is signed with a new, a new deal with the new sponsor coming off of a year, unlike any other, um, especially in terms of like, you know, with the relationship between professional athletes, special athletes in the running space and, Um, in their shoe sponsors where results weren't necessarily the driver of, uh, of impact between that, you know, for that kind of relationship, I'm really excited to see what pops, who moves around and so on and so forth. Uh, I have no inside information on this whatsoever, but I wouldn't be surprised if someone like Kira D'Amato comes out, you're like, Whoa, look at the sponsorship she got because, you know, she was able to do so many things this year and she's also super duper engaging on social media which you know when you're talking about impact for a running shoe brand connecting to your fans is a huge deal and it's not just about your race results so we're able to see that this year more than ever and i'm really excited to see uh what changes if any will be made in the coming weeks uh, ahead
1: yeah me too and i'm glad that i don't have a job where um I have to be in that position. I mean, I guess we kind of do with podcast sponsors and stuff, but it's it's different. You're, you know, it's different. Uh I feel like that's got to be stressful. And I think a lot of the athletes don't talk a ton about the stress of it all because they kind of can't, right? They have to keep it pretty positive when they talk about sponsors and sponsorships, but it is always a very interesting part of the conversation, I think.
0: Yeah, the thing is, I think you I think an athlete could approach that topic in a really interesting way that would make it um engaging and wouldn't put anyone on the on the sponsorship side like in an awkward position you know what oh, i mean
1: for sure yeah like
0: i i feel like you could definitely do that i'm sure there's people who probably couldn't pull it off but i think there's definitely people who easily could pull it off and make it engaging you know what i mean um again those are the people who probably are already thriving in this kind of season sure. <laughs> because they've already you know the skill set to to bring that to bear is probably when they're already utilizing but uh, but it is kind of a, it is kind of interesting to see
1: yeah totally
0: how about you what are you looking forward to
1: um i am recording with sarah hall on friday so i'm pretty excited about that um i reached out to her after, uh yesterday i just reached out to her yesterday being like hey hope you and the family are having a nice holiday Hope you're recovering well from the Marathon Project. Congrats on a gutsy race. Uh, Actually, that's not even true. It was on Instagram DM because I interviewed her pacer, Callum Neff, one of her pacers from the Marathon Project. And I had him on the show last week. And when I posted about him being on the show, Sarah responded to me in my DMs about his episode and was like, this is so fun. And she sent me some questions for me to ask him, which was super cool. And then after the episode was out, I was like, all right, got his side of the story. Would love to hear yours whenever you're ready. And then we emailed. And so we're recording on Friday, which I'm excited about. I had her on after she ran London. And Sarah, I just, I love Sarah Hall. I'm a big Sarah Hall fan. I love her approach to racing. I have loved watching her as a mother. I love that she is 37 and running the best times of her life. And I just always look forward to getting to chat with her.
0: I love that, and like if you're if anyone out there who has a podcast or is thinking about starting one, that's the move. That's yeah. the move right there. That's how I that's how I started my podcast. I would interview somebody, and then somebody would be like, "Hey, I really liked your interview with Alana Compulson, right? I Episode loved nine, her. right?" And I'm like, "That's great. You have an interesting story. Do you want to come on the show?" I do that all like, the time. I do totally. it all the time because it was like yeah. they, they all of a sudden they listened to the show, so they know me, they know the yeah. format. It's not all of a sudden it's not even a cold opening, and yeah. I did that. I think for the first year and a half, that's how I booked like every single guest. It's like, oh, you like the show? Come on. Love to have you. They're like, oh, for real? Like, yeah. How about tomorrow night? Does that work? Like, I did that all the time.
1: Totally. My line is, um, so glad you enjoyed it. When can we get you on the show?
0: Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, you, you never let those you never let that that uh, that strike go by without swinging. No, never. Ever. Never let that pitch it. go by.
1: I totally just understood a sports reference and, and a ball sports reference. Like I'm I get it. You swing. Look at you. I look at it.
0: you. New Hampshire is rubbing off on you.
1: Look how much I'm learning just by talking to you once a month. Learning so much about sports.
0: I know. Now you know how good of a distance learning dad I am with with, <laughs> with, with, with school. You know, the kids are just killing it.
1: Sopping it right you know?
0: up. No. I know. They're 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 three word they're three sentence essays for school littered with sports references. Get them A pluses every time.
1: Amazing.
0: <laughs> Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking athletic greens because I heard other podcasters who were really into performance and athletics, people like Rich Roll and Tim Ferriss, who used it all the time. And I thought, hey, man, if they're going to use it, then I should, too. And I'm so glad that I did. So what's in the stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens, all to help you start your day the right way. The special blend of ingredients support, your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your focus, your recovery, literally all the things. I mean, there's too many things for me to list. I actually have to, like, take a pause during the sentence. Uh, but it's, it's legit, and I'm so glad that I use it. I use it basically because I know that... Getting my vitamins and minerals from, from foods is probably the best way to do it, but I usually just don't have the kind of diet and make the kind of food choices that's going to put myself in the optimum position. And that's why I take Athletic Greens to make sure that I have everything I need because I know I'm probably not getting it from foods because I just don't quite have the, the discipline or the food choices that I need. And Athletic Greens is there to help me out. And I'm so glad that they are. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting, vitamin D, and... Five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash rambling runner. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash rambling runner to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. Hey, everybody. Do you want to save money on your grocery bill? Well, every plate is 25% cheaper than grocery shopping. Try America's Best Value Meal Kit for planning dinners today. I love every plate for a couple of different reasons. First of all, I just love having things in my kitchen especially in my refrigerator that isn't the same old thing that I do every single week. Also getting things that aren't too adventurous that my kids are definitely going to eat. Obviously, you're never going to beat that a thousand with that. But with every plate, my kids have really enjoyed it. And I like the food as well. And it's just not the same stuff every single week, which can get tiring. So you can choose between 17 recipes that change each week, swap proteins and sides for things that you like. So you can switch up your dinner routine however you want. And that's the key thing. It's however you want. There's so many options. And it's all great stuff, which is also huge. For me, the difference between this and some of the other uh, services in this genre are, first of all, the price. It's absolutely fantastic. We'll get to it in a second. The kinds of meals that are provided, that they're really good, but not too adventurous, have also been a huge thing for me. And now I've been using these more often now that groceries have kind of gone up and the price for every plate has pretty much stayed the same. So try every plate today is $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code RamblingRunner179. That stands for $1.79 per meal. So get started with every plate, like I said, for $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code ramblingrunner179 today. That's up to $104 value. All right. So what we're going to do in this episode, we've already kind of alluded to, we're going to do kind of like a, a best of 2020 type uh, type thing. So we got, what, like eight-ish different categories. We're going to go through them. I think, again, we're, we're aware this wasn't the best year. But you know what? Right now, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the positives, the things that we liked. And um, I can't wait to talk about this because you, I feel like, are always on, like, The tip of, like, cool things that I should do more of and view more of. And I I can't wait to hear what you say so that I can kind of peel that into my 2021.
1: I have never, like, I joke about this all the time. There are certain words that people just don't use to describe me. Like, people usually say I'm funny, right? Like, oh, she's funny. I feel like that's a thing people say about me. I don't think cool has ever been one of them. So... That is, I, like, my ego cannot fit in this room anymore because I feel on top of the world. I've never been told I'm
0: cool. I would say that beyond that... Wait, don't no, take I, it back. I, I feel like you're... I'm not going to gonna take it back. I'm not going to take it back. But I also, in addition to that, I would say that you're like, you know... um What's, I'm trying to think of the, the, I don't the know. book. I'm very that, nervous
1: about what you're about that, to that,
0: say. No, the I think it was uh, it was a tipping point. that Malcolm Gladwell wrote. I think it was like the is it the, not the Maven, but the other person who spreads spreads the coolness. What? Like I feel like you're the like a harbinger of cool. Like I feel what like I harbinger? learned things. What is happening? Like,
1: what are these words?
0: I'm doing. I mean, I've been studying up, studying up for the SAT. You know, I'm, I'm learning all these big words to get ready. <laughs>
1: i'll take it as a compliment i think
0: <laughs> there you go no you should I, I i'm excited to learn more all right so here let's get okay, into it let's these do it. are these are in order of the things that i thought of when i was texting <laughs> ali feller at 11:26 this morning so in case anyone's wondering what the order is first one is favorite podcast episode you listened to this year sports edition
1: Okay, I am going with the episode titled Racing for Representation on Keeping Track, which is the podcast hosted by Alicia Montano, Roisin McGettigan-Dumas, and Molly Huddle. This episode was fantastic. It is the one where they broke down all of the different running magazines, talked about their covers over the past few years. They had a really great component on their Instagram page that went along with it, showing what these covers looked like. And it was a really important conversation about how inclusive is the running community? This was obviously a huge, you know, I hate to say conversation topic because it was so much more than that this year, a movement, an awakening, whatever word you want to, whatever word you want to use to try to sum up all of that. Uh, But it was really an important conversation, I think, for all of us. But as someone who is a white woman, podcast host with something of a platform in the running industry, it was really important to listen to that and take a step back and look at the work that I'm doing and the role that I'm playing. And am I making the running community and industry a better and more inclusive place Am I excluding people? Are there ways that I can make more people feel represented? So I just thought it was really important to look at the running industry as a whole through the lens of keeping track in the work that they did. And it was really valuable for me to take that back to the own work that I do and to try to improve and make the Alley on the Run show a better place that best represents what the running community really is and really looks like.
0: Well said. All right my answer for this is I can't change my answer. I, I literally you know, put on the Instagram post about this last week. It's your episode with Kira <gasps> Oh <my D'Amato>. gosh. <laughs> before she, before she ran cherry blossom. I thought that was awesome because first of all, I think Kira D'Amato is just the bee's knees. She is unbelievable. Knees. She's hysterical. She's so funny. She is insightful. She's witty. She's all the things. And in that episode, it was one of those episodes where I know you feel this as someone who records these episodes, but I was able to, I literally felt this way as a listener where it didn't feel like a podcast. It just felt like I was listening to a conversation that would have happened organically. And I was listening to it during a run. I was laughing. It was weird because I was running through a neighborhood because there was ice everywhere. So people just heard me laughing through this neighborhood. That wasn't my own. Um, And, It was great. It was so funny. She's like, her story is fantastic. Um, She does a nice job of combining uh, her just kind of genuine humbleness with the fact that she's not going to diminish herself, which is a hard needle to thread, but she's able to do it. And it was kind of before, again, like the Cherry Blossom. So obviously it was also before the Marathon Project. And so she still was like, she was breaking through without question. She was already breaking through and was doing amazing things, but she wasn't you know, at that point, she still hadn't gone like full supernova at that point yet. <laughs> and uh, she's there now uh, for sure. And uh, it was great. It was really good. So I couldn't like, I'm listening. Like, should I think of another one? Like, no, that'd be super critical. You just told Allie last week that was your favorite episode all year. <laughs> so you can't like go and change it when you're talking to her. Uh, not that I would want to anyway. But anyway, that is my favorite sports podcast episode of the year.
1: Well, that is insane. And that is very high praise. And uh, I appreciate it. And it means a lot to me. But man, all all credit goes to Kira on that one. She is an absolute dynamite human in person to talk to. And, and yeah, she's just, she's just fun. She's not taking any of this too seriously. And I think that's why she's having the year that she's having. Because She's not tied down, maybe because she's not sponsored. Because this isn't her full time job, she gets to do what she wants and have fun with it. And I think there's a lot of value in that, and it's working for her.
0: Well said. All right, so non sports podcast edition.
1: Okay, I have a bunch of answers for this one. I'm just going to list them. I won't. I won't go into all the detail. I tend to go into. I'll just list mine because uh, I actually I mostly listen to non sports podcasts. Uh, so nice white parents. I wouldn't say it was enjoyable. It's very cringy, but it's an important listen. It's produced by the New York Times. Uh, the show Watch What Crappens, they do a lot of Bravo recaps, and I don't watch anything on Bravo, but I did watch Selling Sunset on Netflix, and they recapped Selling Sunset, and it's the funniest things. I Like you said, I was laughing out loud on the run. I looked forward to it every week. And... I love the podcast, Be There in Five. It's like pop culture commentary. And her episode called Don't Tell Mom, The Babysitter's 10. It's all about like babysitting culture in the 90s. So if you are probably a female around my age, I'm 35, and you grew up babysitting, you will laugh so hard at this episode. So Be There in Five, Don't Tell Mom, The Babysitter's 10. You go.
0: <laughs> nice. All right. Let me let me bring mine up. I I took, I took a I had to like take a picture of it so I wouldn't lose it on um on my phone. All right. here we go. All right. So Conan O'Brien meets a needs. I'm sorry. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Um. I love this. I love this podcast. I listen to it all the time. I listen to it every Monday when it comes out. The one I loved particularly this year was episode 87. Came out August 31st. Jamila Jamil. Yeah. So you might know her from The Good Place and a million other things. This episode was so good. She is hysterical. She is like as quick witted as Conan O'Brien is, and he's right up there with anybody. She was more quick witted than he was. She had him on his heels constantly. Now it wasn't like a battle, so to speak, but you could tell he like he's like I need to I need to bring my A game to this conversation because <laughs> she was. A 10 out of 10. Like, if you've seen her on The Good Place, she's really funny in that show, but it's a different kind of funny. Like, this in this episode, she was, like, super spontaneous, very quick-witted, and was, like, just just really broad. She's doing amazing things in the world, and I wanted to diminish that because they are amazing, and she's doing, I mean, just, just wonderful, wonderful work. As good as that was, I was in it for the humor, 100%, and it delivered I mean, I think I listened to it like four times. It was really, really good. So if you listen to Conan Brandy's friend, or if you don't, I guess, if you do listen to it already, you've already heard the episode. Why would I tell you about it? But if you don't listen to it, go listen to episode 87 because it's really, really funny. Um, and, again, we all need laughter sometimes, and she absolutely brings it. And if you know her from a good place, you might be like, ah, uh, I don't know. Like like she's like a She plays a part in it, but she's not like that great. She's fine. And she's fine in the episodes, but in this, she's on she's on a completely, completely different level.
1: Wow, that is high praise. I'll put it on my list. You've you've officially uh convinced me to listen. There you
0: go. And you'll love it. No doubt about it. Okay. Favorite running performance of 2020. Whoa, 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 wait. This was not on my list. It wait. Is literally the second thing on the list.
1: <laughs> um can I, is this the same as like most inspiring performance?
0: One, yes, absolutely. Okay.
1: okay, I, again, I can never just pick one. I'm horrible at this game. I'm going to go with the top three women at the Olympic marathon trials, Alafine Tuliamuk, Molly Seidel, and Sally Kipiego. Um, I know we've talked about this probably to death. Um, I don't think there were anyone's top three picks that were like, these are my three, and this is what's going to happen. And it was really cool to see that happen and to really get to know these three women after the trials. And so I, that is on that list, that uh, those three had the best days of their lives on the day that it mattered most. And I'm going to go with Kellen Taylor at the Marathon Project. She didn't end up having the race she went out for, but to go out there with a gutsy goal. And she she just raced gutsy she went for it she went for a time that was probably maybe a little out of reach but she went for it and i think that's something i need to learn how to do so i loved watching her race i kellen is in, just such an inspiring runner i love so much about who she is and so those are my those are my choices
0: all right how about kellen taylor at um at the olympic trials right running runs top 10 with a fractured leg oh my god just she is just so tough just so so tough tough. yeah and it was funny like so I did uh Olympic trials as a series last year leading up to that event and Kellen was part of it and she's not the most loquacious person right she's not in there to like jibber jabber like you and I are doing right now right (laughs) she's very tight-lipped she's you know keeps it nice nice and tight and I don't have technical issues with like 99% of my podcasts. I have a technical issue every single time I talk to <laughs> Kellen Taylor and it, it, the first conversation we have, she the first 20 minutes was like beautiful. Like she's opening up. She's telling all these stories. I could not believe my good fortune. That audio is gone forever. Oh my gosh. And I couldn't believe it. I didn't have to like book it again. And then we, it had like a 20, I think it was like maybe like a 21 minute conversation. I couldn't recreate any of it. It was like, Oh, the
1: worst. It, the is, worst. The worst. it is
0: the worst. I don't know where the audio goes. I think it's somewhere with like those loose socks in the ether somewhere. <laughs> um, but anyway, Kellen, so tough. Th- those are great ones. All right. I'm going to go non elite here. I'm going to go back in September. Um, boy, this was a tough one because I was trying to go with like all of like the, the wild, um, all the wild performances, like we've so, we saw so many FKTs in the ultra ultra world. So I was looking at like some of those; those were all very inspiring and really cool. Ultimately, and then Johnny Gregoric setting the mile record in jeans was really <laughs> cool. Uh, I think he did it like at the master's school up in Westchester County, and then I ended up going with BYU Track Stars. Got Whitney Orton and Anna Camp Bennett both set and broke the basketball mile world record at the same time their team was there cheering them on dealing the, about? did this begin in september this is normally like you're knee deep in cross country you've gone through like a month almost a month of preseason your races are starting to pick up they're on a completely different schedule Things are not exactly what they wanted it to be, I'm sure. They turned uh, lemons into lemonade, and all of a sudden they're out there kicking butt running 452 and 508. I'm sorry, no, the previous order was 508. They ran 458 and 452, respectively. Uh, I'm reading this wrong. I, what, what, what am I doing? I'm I knew, this I understand what you're
1: saying, though. Anyway. It's, the flip. it's the flip.
0: Yeah, a, they're converting it. So a 458, which converted to a 452 with an altitude adjustment while dribbling a basketball, just so awesome. I love it. So that, for me, was the running performance of the year. Not only one, not only do you have one person doing it, two people, two, two for one on that one. So I'm all about it.
1: I just love that you found a way to bring basketball into it because, of course, you did.
0: Of course. I know. I saw that and I was like, <laughs> I need to get back into running. Mastering 40 was the wrong move. I should have done something like this. This should have been the goal the whole time. <laughs> I'm going to dribble two basketballs for a mile and see what I can do. The double
1: dribble. Yes.
0: That's it. See the double dribble. Not only, I love that wordplay because not only would it pertain to what I was doing, but also it's illegal and results in you turning the ball over. And that's exactly what probably
1: happened. (laughs) Yay, sports. (laughs)
0: Because chock full of ball sports references here. So many. Exactly. I'm doing my best. Come for the running. Stay for the basketball references. (laughs) All right. So in 2020, your favorite person to follow on Instagram.
1: Okay. I spent way too long thinking about this one and like scrolling my feed and being like, who do I like? And I know this is a bit of a cop out of an answer, but my answer is my friends. Like I miss them this year. There was no one else that I really cared desperately to check in with and to see what they were up to and to just love their updates. than the people that I'm friends with, my runner friends. And that's both my internet runner friends and my real life runner friends. And that's who came to mind. Like, yeah, I love seeing all the gutsy performances, love following the pros. uh, But honestly, this was a hard year on... Instagram, which is like not the best phrase I could have just used. But um, I had a really hard time at parts of 2020 seeing I don't want to say bad behavior. I'm not here to be the COVID police. So I do think I'd be really good at that job. Uh, it was hard to see people that I had really liked, whether they were influencers or whatever, making decisions especially early in the pandemic and now that I just kind of didn't agree with. And it was hard for me for a long time to separate that from their performances. And so I struggled with that a little bit. And I think as a result, I do look at a handful of people probably differently than I would have back in, say, February. Um, So I just, for me, it's the people that I love and that I miss, like my running buddies that I miss so much from New Jersey and New York. They're the ones that they're the ones I'm scrolling for these days.
0: I oh, love This a was answer. a hard one. This was yeah. such a hard one. I like was kicking myself for including this. I'm like, you're the <laughs> idiot who who came up with this stupid topic. Stupid now question. You, now you're just you're scrolling through here to see which <laughs> one you choose. All right. So again, like you, this was hard. It was hard to again, no disrespect to anyone I don't choose. For me, in a very, very slight victory, um, it was Erica Sarah. Oh, so, Erica Sarah does awesome stuff as an entrepreneur, small business owner. So I love that because I feel like a kinship. Again, I don't make jewelry. Lord knows. Um, But I'm like, all right, like I own, like I'm trying to do a small running based business here. So I have that like that kind of vague connection there. She's a runner. She also has young kids. She's open and honest. She she shares like the highs, the lows, and she's really good at like making the in-between um, you know, either funny or poignant or whatever, so for me, she kind of checked all the boxes, and again, I Instagram kind of let me know that she was one of my favorites because if i I'm doing it right now, if I like press refresh on Instagram, scroll down again, it kind of tells you like which Instagram stories you look at the most, and like she's always kind of in like the top ten or eleven, so um, if I wasn't gonna be honest about that, Instagram would let me know about it, so there you go.
1: That's a really great answer. I'm wearing an Erica Sarah necklace right now, so love that answer.
0: There you go. See, and this, this episode is sponsored by Erica Sarah. <gasps> no, I'm just kidding. I'm
1: just kidding. Oh, I'm so if excited. it was, that would be
0: was, talk about synergy. I was,
1: oh I was like, gosh. do you have a discount code? Because I would love to place a new
0: order. <laughs> you should try it. Try rambling at ericasara.com and see if it <laughs> works happens? out for you. Ah,
1: <laughs> uh, no, she. I, <laughs> I mean, did... she is an amazing human. Such a hard worker. So talented. Um. Though I, I feel very lucky I get to put her in the friend category. So, she counts on mine too, so that's also my answer. Same. Same answer.
0: Yeah. You, this no, no backsies. No. No, 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 no.
1: Plagiarize.
0: <laughs> All right. Favorite binge watch of 2020.
1: Oh. Selling Sunset, Cheer, and The Babysitter's Club. Yay Netflix. Okay.
0: All right. Um, cheer and The Babysitter's Club. I'm not I'm not familiar. What? Oh, I thought you were
1: serious. Are you
0: joking? I'm not not joking. I'm not. I do not know what you're talking about.
1: Matthew Chittum, did you just ask me what the Babysitter's Club is?
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Wow. And you're not kidding. You're serious. No. Okay. This is wonderful. Okay. I have so much to teach you. How much time do we have? Oh, boy. Okay, so The Babysitter's Club was a series of books written by Ann M. Martin in, like, the 90s. So as I was growing up, these books played a pivotal role in my childhood and in my development. My best friend Becky Barker and I naturally formed our own babysitter's club called The Mother's Helper's Club. We had no clients, but we cared a lot. We used her phone line because she had a private phone
0: line. The Mother's Helper's Club?
1: Yeah, we weren't old enough to babysit yet, but we could, like, help out.
0: Um, I'm uh, taking back the cool reference I mentioned earlier.
1: I didn't earn it to begin with, so that's totally fine. (laughs) Uh, But the Babysitter's Club, it was like they turned it into a show. Eventually, it was a movie with some people who went on to become very famous. And Netflix did a reboot of it. And I'm very anti-reboots, especially now that they're remaking so much stuff from like our youth. I'm like, no, don't mess with a thing that was great. But this remake that Netflix did was I thought it was perfect. I loved it so much. I loved how they updated it but stayed true to so much of the classics. I am definitely a Stacy with like a Christie rising, I would say, which I mean I just have so much to teach you and I know we don't have time, but um you should watch the Babysitters Club on Netflix. It's absolutely delightful. And cheer is about the Navarro cheer team. Navarro, the college, you know, the community college it's in Texas. You're not familiar?
0: No, I know. I know the Navarro Community College just you from do? a basketball perspective. Oh, but yes, yes, of
1: course. Well, I mean, forget the basketball players. They have an incredible cheerleading team. And so the Netflix, it's like, I don't know, six, seven or eight episodes documenting them leading up to, you know, Daytona, which is where their big competition is. It's very dramatic. Lots of flips and tricks. And I was obsessed with cheer competitions growing up. And so uh, it was really fun to watch.
0: I'm just so surprised that that the Babysitter's Club hasn't come up on our Netflix algorithm because I have no control over the television. When the kids are awake, they control the television. And when they're asleep, my wife controls television. So I'm just not I'm just not sure how this hasn't popped up on our Netflix account, because, like, I feel like she watches shows that should feed into this popping up a lot.
1: It probably did pop up and you didn't notice when it first came out, but that was a couple months ago now. So now it's like you're probably just seeing a lot of, like, the Queen's Gambit.
0: We did watch that. So that's a really, really astute observation. All right. So for me, it really just alternates between me finishing and then restarting series of Parks and Rec and New Girl. So I'm just kind of, like, (laughs) vacillating between the two of them. um, Just constant. And, again, there's things that, that do pop up. But basically what happens is that, like, My wife will go to bed and I'm like, I would like to watch a show that I want to watch. And like, I don't want to go to bed because tomorrow morning I have to wrangle these kids. And when I go to (laughs) sleep, then tomorrow comes sooner. So I'm just going to keep staying up and watching shows. So I will then put on these basically just comedies at this point. So I just keep going back and forth between them, which I am totally fine with. And I love it. I actually talked, uh, I recorded a podcast last night. With uh, with Megan Manteca, uh, talking, we, we ended this show. Top five Parks and Rec um scenes, and she was on it. She okay, was on yours? it.
1: What is yours? What is your top Parks and Rec scene?
0: Well, see, I didn't I didn't bring anything to the table. I was just asking her. The the, the these are the privileges of being the host of the podcast. Um, but I think for me, I one of like my my low key favorite things is all the things, all the times that um, holy cow. John uh, are we a, no, uh, he's I mean, he's amazing. I am um, literally forgetting the name of the main character in the show Leslie that I just nope. said is my favorite. Yes. Leslie. Nope. Holy God. Dave, keep this in. Keep this in, Dave, because you know what? People have to know how, how Phase headed I can be. All right. So. Leslie Knope talking to Anne Perkins and like in the various like Mad Libs yeah. ways she addresses her like Anne Perkins, you bubbly goldfish silver sunset. I don't know like yeah. the, the, the random things that she happens to say. So, again, there are so many things that I like. I love how like she'll just throw that into an episode. It will never mean anything in the course of the episode itself, but I always find it humorous.
1: Oh, I see. Now I could talk about this for the rest of this whole episode. I could talk parks and rec. I quoted parks and recreation like an hour ago. You know, it's always there's always a relevant quote.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yes, I was watching the episode. I was watching last night, (laughs) the one, um, the Tellersons awards. Um. So she's like, so Leslie like like planning out her speech, and Tom Haverford's like typing it out, and she's like. All right, so my mom, so she starts, you know, whatever, going through the speech, and she's like, "Read it back to me." She's like, "Leslie Gregg notes, I'm sorry, Marlene Gregg's nope is morbidly obese." She's like, "I didn't, I didn't say that. Are you sure that? Let's just keep going. Let's keep it going." So I love, I love that scene. Oh my god, anyway. I love all of it.
1: Wait, what just came to mind? I okay, so I have two favorites, and then I promise we can move on. Obviously, the tribute to Lil Sebastian, the opening video makes me laugh so hard. Produced by Entertainment 720, Entertainment, right? Yeah, you got it. 20. Somehow that didn't sound right.
0: As we go I around quote, the world twice for our clients.
1: I I quote that video probably once a week. Who are we? Where are we going? Those are questions <laughs> little Sebastian never had to answer because he is a horse. Um, that and the one when everyone gets the flu and is in the hospital and Chris Traeger looks in the mirror and just says, Stop, Stop pooping. <laughs> so good we are way off track here but i'm enjoying this
0: no we are right on track this is a bingeable episode we are oh perfect on the rails we have not gone off the rails yet which is and we're we're at 42 this is like a podcast record for us um all right next one surprising binge watch of 2020
1: oh ozark that did not seem like a show I would enjoy, and I wouldn't say I enjoyed it. I found it to be very, very stressful, but I couldn't turn it off, and so that's my answer.
0: All right. For me, it's Gilmore Girls. Oh. Um, I got I got forced into this one because I have no control over anything in my house whatsoever. Um, but ultimately, I'm a fan. I love the okay. banter.
1: So are you team Dean, Jess, or Logan? It's the ultimate Gilmore Girls question.
0: Okay. But Here I go. do not. I do not have a stake. I do not have an opinion. What? Um I am in it purely for the one-liners and banter. I am not emotionally invested in any of the characters. Wow.
1: I literally don't know what it means to not be emotionally invested in every single thing. So I applaud that. Honestly.
0: <laughs> I just. I just. Again. I just like Lorelai and Luke's one like crazy one-liners at each other. Um, I was just watching it at the beginning of an episode before I came down here. I he guess he just started dating her, and by the way, it's rewashing of this. So, like, he picks her up at the house and she's like doing all her wacky stuff. She's leaving the, the, the keys in the door. Her socks are in the oven. She didn't have them in there for long enough to warm them up. The um the front light is out and she's afraid that a moth is gonna like enter her body and like turn her into like some sort of like horror movie character anyway those are the things that i like about the episode or like the one liner back and forth
1: all right i'm into it it's a great show
0: all right favorite running shoe 2020
1: oh it's been my favorite running shoe since 2015 hoka clifton always and forever
0: All right. I saw you post about that earlier. I actually tried on the Clifton yesterday for the first time.
1: Yeah, they're like moon shoes. They're sweet.
0: (laughs) There's a lot about them I like. I couldn't buy them. My my arch goes over the side of the of the inside and it like pinches the same thing with the the ring cones. I'm like, I want to love this shoe, but it just didn't end up happening for me.
1: Well, that's why I I I wanted to. People ask all the time, what running shoe should I get? What's the best running shoe? And that's why I can never answer that question for people because I don't know what the best running shoe is for you. You know, it's very personal. And all of our feet are so special in their own way.
0: There you go. See? Um. Anyway, I can see why people liked it. Yeah. Because it was like it, I it, it. had everything I wanted. It just didn't quite fit right, right. So for me, a shoe that I almost threw away 15 <sighs> miles in, and ultimately came to absolutely love once I'd broken it in and kind of taken some of the air out of it, was the ASICs Nova Blast. So wow. when you first buy it, it feels like you're stepping into a trampoline park and you're <laughs> like, this is not gonna work. It's like, like I am gonna break my ankle or develop the worst case of plantar fasciitis in the history of the earth if I keep wearing these shoes. But then once it just kind of like break for them, break sometimes running shoes, they break in, they get softer. These shoes, no, it's like the opposite. Like they're like amplified the softness. And then you just wear them a little bit. And then basically after like 20 miles, the trampoline fit goes down like 5%. And all of a sudden, they're like these magical shoes. You can wear them for anything. Like (gasps) speed work, tempo, easy day, recovery day. I was a huge fan. But again, I almost threw them away. Because of this weird little, like, you know, you got to break them in type thing. So I actually didn't wear them for six weeks after the initial purchase. And then I went back to them because I was just like, am I really going to throw away a pair of running shoes that like I wore for like 15 miles that I bought with my own money? No. Like, I can't do that in good conscience. So I went back and I'm glad I did. Uh, so I have...
1: are these your front runners right now for uh, for breaking 40, do you think?
0: Not necessarily. So I, my, my second favorite one was the Atreyu. I love the Atreyu yeah. shoes as well. Um, I did buy, I pre-ordered their carbon fiber shoe, which should be out l- early spring, called The Artist. And I have friends who do, um, we'll come back to this later, uh, running shoe uh, review videos. And they are huge fans of this shoe because they've gotten uh, early looks at them. And I'm really excited about that shoe for race season. Um when that comes around later in twenty twenty one. So the Noble Blast is more like a daily trainer type.
1: Yep, got it. All
0: right. Favorite guilty pleasure. This is a very broad based topic. You can kind of go anywhere with it.
1: Yeah, and here's where I'm going. I feel no guilt about anything, especially in twenty twenty. Final answer.
0: All right. <laughs> <Don't hate laughs> Let me put this way. I I term this as a guilty pleasure because when someone walks into the room, I turn it off, even though, like, there's nothing for me to feel guilty about. And it relates to something I just mentioned, and that is watching shoe review videos on YouTube.
1: I can't get enough. You make it sound like a dirty secret.
0: It feels like one because it's so, like, unnecessary, but I can't stop. I love it. I love my top five running shoe reviews. I love watching oh Kafuzi and Emily Heller and Jameson, um, you know, Jamie reviews and the Ginger Runner and Seth James Demore. I love these guys. I watch them constantly, constantly. Oh
1: my gosh! That's I've so actually funny.
0: these are YouTube. I will put it on on my phone and listen to them on a run without even looking at the screen. That's how often I look at these things. I can't get enough. And I don't even have that many running shoes. But again, I just – I'm just in – it's honestly – it's almost becoming an obsession. Thankfully, they don't upload stuff every single day because I would just keep watching.
1: Whatever, man. We all have our stuff. It's cool. Your secret's cool with us. (laughs) dirty little secret.
0: There you go. Okay. Now we're getting into again. These are the ones that you suggested, which are much more, which okay. are just better.
1: you don't need to call me out. You don't need to shame me. I did my best.
0: you? I just, I just complimented you. Shaming oh. you? I said these were great. These are much better than the ones I came up with.
1: Oh, see, my instinct is like as soon as someone starts talking about me to like feel a little defensive and nervous about what's to come. I don't know what's going on with me tonight. I'm in a weird place, but um, thank you for the compliment. I love
0: it. You, you know, you. I brought, I brought uh, seltzer water to the podcast i have it right here and you just brought like the big morton's big morton's tub of salt i love it <laughs> you, you came came prepared i don't
1: uh, know what's happening to me i don't like it who have i become
0: <laughs> all right so these are the ones that you came up with they're better than mine um and that's why i want to you know kind of put you on notice for doing it all right first one proudest personal running accomplishment the
1: I ran, I had a goal to run a sub six mile at Orange Theory, so not outside. I did this on a treadmill. I ran a 555 on Orange Theory mile day back in January. It was very nice to check off a New Year's resolution in January. I'll tell you, it took a lot of the pressure off for the next 11 months. and. I was able to run the new England half marathon, which I know we talked about quite a bit on one of our episodes together. And it was a super hard race that I had not specifically trained for. I just went out and ran it and had fun. I took a lot of walk breaks. I took a lot of just stop and stand there breaks. Cause I got cramps and I was 10 seconds off my PR, which is from 2011. So pretty proud of that. Um, and I had fun. So those are my proudest accomplishments on the run.
0: I love it. That's really good. That's really good. All right. Um, I didn't have like a proudest accomplishment in terms of like in like one specific effort this year. Um, you know, beginning of the, this year didn't go well, which is why I created Mastering 40 in the first place. And then Mastering 40 is going well, but it was more of like, all right, let's be consistent. So there was no like hallmark moment of like, boom, stake in the ground. Look at that. I did that. Um, I would say for me, the better part was like. This isn't just necessarily running only related, Lord knows. Um, and again, this is um we're all we're all on our different paths here. I have to say this every time I bring up weight and I, I say and I do that for a reason. Like I'm not trying to say like anyone should change their body for anything. I'm not talking about your bodies, believe me. I'm talking about my body. And over the last two and a half months, lost thirteen pounds wow. on the run. And for me, that was a big deal because I was the heaviest I'd ever been. On September 15th, I weighed myself. I was the heaviest I'd ever been. I was 192 pounds. And it was not fun seeing that. Um, especially I was six weeks into mastering forty and I'd gained five pounds. It's like, what is going on? This is the exact opposite of what I wanted to do. Um and turned it around. So I weighed myself the other day. Uh, again, I lost thirteen pounds. Again, um, that's not one thing. And I'm not gonna say the weight's the one and only thing with running. Lord knows it's not even, you know, necessarily connected to running in most of the time. But for me, with where I am, fitness wise, it was a big deal. And I guess that is for me is the most important thing.
1: Matt, that's awesome. And that is something to be proud of. And I think this is probably a whole a conversation for a whole other day, honestly. But it's okay to wanna to lose weight to feel better. Like, I think that, um, you know, there's a lot to be said about diet culture and there's a lot of really bad stuff out there, but I also think that there's this stigma now that if you want to lose weight, you're judged for that. And I think that, uh, I think it's okay. I think that to want to feel your best, look your best, be your best, whatever it is, I think that's fine. Um, again, I think it's a very nuanced topic, but it's one that's become really sensitive in mainstream media, everything, podcasts, magazines, whatever. Um, but I just want to reassure you that I think that that's great. And I think that it's okay to want to do that if, uh, you know, you're doing it in a healthy way and with good reasons and good intentions.
0: No, I appreciate it. because It's definitely not something I've been, I've kind of gone back and forth whether to bring it up or not. Uh, and how to do it. So just blurring it out this time, and then I guess I'll be a little bit more like whatever about it. Um, so thank you for saying that. All right, second to last question, one that I can't wait to ignore because these oh. ones make me cringe every single time. But it is a really good question, so I appreciate you sending it over. Which is proudest professional accomplishment of twenty twenty?
1: I think you should go first. Oh, good grief! Gri- rip the band aid, Matt. Seriously, dude. How many – we do this every month where I'm like, you need to hype yourself. You're doing awesome. You're doing really cool things. You're doing great things. And so as your hype person, I say go first and let's celebrate you.
0: All right. So I would say best professional accomplishment would be – this was hard. This was a hard one for me to think of because I never really came up with an answer. Um, But I guess the one – the first thing that came to mind – so I guess this is the one that I will go with – was that, um, I was on Mario's podcast, um the morning shakeout, because look at the people who've been on the show, it's a pretty august list of people, and it was like, I can't believe I'm included in this. And like what I envisioned was like people who were you know when I played basketball at Vassar, I envisioned people who were on the cross country team who i was who I was definitely friendly with, like, Clicking on their <laughs> clicking on their podcast player that Tuesday morning and being like, Matt Chitum is on Mario Frayoli's podcast. Like, wh- what? What is this? Some kind of joke? Um. So that's what I envisioned. So I, that for me that was definitely like a wow. Like I, this is really cool type moment. Now, again, I'm friends with Mario. But it wasn't, I could tell like Mario's not the kind of person who would just like have you on because he's friends with you. And I knew that it was genuine, that he really wanted me to be on there. And it was for me, it was a big accomplishment. Cause it was kind of like, wow, like this the fact that he would want me to be on this show. Um, I guess just kind of is uh I was just really proud that that I'd be included in that group.
1: That's such a good answer, and I know we talked about this last time, that that was one of my favorite episodes. Remember, the question was, what is my favorite episode of The Rambling Runner? And I said, The Rambling Runner on the morning shakeout, because I just loved hearing from you. And I mean that, and I, I love your show and all the great conversations you have, but I loved hearing you on Mario's show. I, I got to learn so much more about you. I thought he asked you great questions, and it was fun to see you... Uh, you know, on the other side of the mic and really opening up and I loved it.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. All right. How about you? Um,
1: Well, it is funny that you say that. I I was on the morning shakeout this year as well on Mario's show and had the same reaction. And I was like, First of all, imposter syndrome. Second of all, when he promoted it on Instagram, I was like, Allison, don't go look at the comments because people are probably going to comment and be like, who is this hack? Why is she on the show? She sucks. (laughs) So I like wouldn't let myself go read the comments. In reality, probably like no one cared. Um and they were just like, all right, this I'm definitely like about running. I'm like, I'm like
0: holding myself back from like going to check the comments as you're saying this. So I'm please, like,
1: oh, why would you? No, please don't. They do know they are going
0: to be good. But yes. <laughs> like I hear what you're saying. Like Once you go down that rabbit hole, it's like, oh, can I stop myself now? Can I yeah, stop myself?
1: No, it's the worst one. And I've been there. I've spent way too much of my life in that place. Uh, OK, so mine were I was able to do two live shows at the Olympic marathon trials back in February. And those were all time career highlights for me. Uh, that was my I belong moment was being down there and getting asked to do these shows. It was like, I'm not running the trials. Like who the heck am I? But I, I very much had an I belong moment while I was there. And that really changed the whole course of my year. It gave me a lot of confidence going into these uncertain times. And it was just, you know, I, I spend so much time on my own show reminding people that you belong and you matter and you belong in this community and there is a place for you here and you are valuable and we need you. And I've never given myself that same pep talk. And I really felt like I got that in Atlanta. And then I closed out the show. I wanted to do more live shows this year, but live has taken a different meaning and I decided to try a virtual live show and see what happened. And actually, the last time we talked, this was still kind of an idea that I was like, I think tickets will be on sale in a week. Uh, and it was awesome. And it was by all measurable accounts in my mind, it was really successful. And the guests were amazing and the people who came and watched were amazing and it was just a really like it was a feel good night that i don't think i realized how much i needed and my cheeks hurt from smiling and that's just the best that's the best feeling
0: 500 people i could, that was absolutely incredible the, the turnout you got for that what you know it, it it's amazing to me not amazing like i'm surprised but amazing to just to bear witness to the connection you've made to so many people that run a community, because, again, I know this is like can be such like a brown noser move. Like this is like basically my version of you being in like the mother's helpers club. But like <laughs> seeing like your Hi. private Facebook group and like the connection you have to all like there's like 1300 people in there. It's like the most engaged group I've ever seen in my life. Like you put out a like, thing the other day it was like, hey, if I could get like coupon codes for a brand, like is there any brands that people would want? I checked this like an hour ago. There were 124 comments.
1: There are not that many. There were like 40 comments, but that's no, very kind. I just <laughs> checked it. It was
0: 124. I couldn't believe my eyes. I okay. Well, it.
1: I have a lot of reading to do tonight uh, as soon as we finish. But here's what I'll say. Um, and this is timely because I just recorded a solo episode earlier today. At the beginning of the year, I like to do like a looking back, looking forward, like a state of the union for my podcast, which sounds Grossly narcissistic, I realize, Uh, but it helps keep me accountable. And I like to give people, I like to just let them inside a little bit. Um, And one thing that someone I talked about, I did this listener survey and I shared the less positive feedback that I got in that survey because no one needs to hear the compliments. What were the things that I could work on or that people, you know, responded less favorably to? And I shared some of those and my responses to them. And one person said that, like, I try, it sounds like I'm trying too hard to be best friends with every guest on the show and that it's like embarrassing for me. And I had to respond and I was like, I am sorry that you feel that way. This is who I am. I am. I promise you, I am not like, I don't have an agenda to be best friends with anyone. I am just very excited about this work and about getting to have these conversations. And I think that's part of it. Like in the Facebook group, I really like people and I'm genuinely really excited. And so I think that whether it helps bring that out in other people or just helps put them a little bit at ease. Um, And maybe it does make some people uncomfortable. I don't know. Um, I believe the word that she used was cringe in that feedback. But like, that's who I am. And I think that a year or two ago, I would have really that comment would have kept me up at night and I would have been sad and probably cried and said like, I'm not, you know, I would have defended myself. And now I'm just like, that's just me. Like I, I'm, I'm 35 and I'm finally kind of living unapologetically who I am. I'm not trying to be, not trying to be the cool girl or the hot girl or the fun girl. Like I'm the really excited girl and that's just who I am. So I think that, um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that, but I just, I, I think it's interesting that, um, to hear you say that and to hear you talk about the Facebook group. And I think it's just because, you know, you can, you can attract a really great community just by being like a f- nice person. I think kindness goes a long way, especially in 2020, it's gone a long way.
0: No, absolutely. And good for you for taking the feedback and stride like that. That's for sure. And you know, I, you know, what? you're right. I was wrong. So you did post this three hours ago. What, what kind of codes? And I said, 124, that, that was not right. You were right. See. It was 158. Um, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> because, let me refresh. It's probably more than 158 now. Let's see. What do we got? Nope. 159. All right. Oh, my God. You're Comments just keep on coming. So last one before we get going. Uh, best use of creativity yes. during the pandemic.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, that was fun. It was really fun to see people find ways to still do cool and fun things. And there are a million things that come to mind. But my favorite thing to watch was Molly Seidel's slow mile, which I believe I could be wrong. I believe this was something that Sidious Mag started. Chris Chavez was behind it and they covered it. Um, and she filmed it. She set out to run these her slowest mile possible, but she had to be running. Did you see this? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. It was was so funny molly is just you know i i knew of her before february just from hearing her on the running on own podcast but i didn't really know who she was and she really just burst on the scene with a vengeance after the trials and she's got a killer personality she's really fun i love how she races uh i look forward to seeing a lot more from her but oh my gosh her setting out to run the slow mile was so fun to watch. It just made me laugh and at a time that we all I think needed to laugh.
0: Damn, that's a really, really good one. Oh, I thought I you were struggled. gonna say you had
1: the same answer. I'm so excited. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep,
0: yeah, yep. Yeah. Had the same answer. That's right. Yeah,
1: you got it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well okay, then what's your <laughs> second answer?
0: Um, you know, it's funny because I Maybe because it was like in the group of three, I thought it was connected to like your best use of creativity during the pandemic. Oh. So my answer was not like your answer is awesome. And I'm sitting here like, all right, Matt,
1: you can think. copy it. Think
0: on your feet. Think on your feet, Matt. What was something that was super duper creative um, during the pandemic? Um,
1: Wait, what was your answer going to be though about your best use of creativity? Cause I do love that.
0: It was, it was going to be creating the, um, the virtual running series.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was this year. Isn't that crazy? That feels then, like a like, lifetime ago. That yeah, was and awesome. Then,
0: like, and then, like, specifically, like the whole like podcaster team, you know, the four you know, way team competition. Yeah. Which was fun. Um, it was fun. It was fun being the anchor to Mario Fraioli's like fast moving <laughs> speedboat um, <laughs> to drag us desperately into last place every single time. <laughs> but, <laughs> Someone had to. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, hey, I'll, I'll stay, I'll stay with the podcasting realm because that's where my mind is because that's where I thought we were going. So I will say again, and I loved your answer so much, so much. Um, I love, um, what Lindsay Hines doing, um, uh, with her new parenting podcast. Why is everybody yelling? Uh, I thought it was awesome. I know she's been sitting on that for a long time, and she kept hemming and hawing, should I do it, should I not do it, should I do it, should I not do it? She's very open and honest about her parenting lifestyle. I thought it was great that she finally did it. Kudos to her for doing it, and I know that she doesn't have more time during the pandemic than she did before. Her kids are doing homeschool and distance learning, but she's still fitting it in. Kudos to her for doing it. I know she'd want to do it for a while, and she finally pulled the trigger on it, in probably the most hectic time to actually finally do it. And she made it work. So kudos to her.
1: Yeah. Shout out to everyone who, I, I hate the phrase pulled the trigger. What else can I say? Give me a, give me a ball sports reference. That's the equivalent of pulled the trigger, kicked the ball. I, I guess off um, went, went off sides.
0: That that's definitely not, that's hit, definitely not hit it.
1: the foul shot. <laughs> should I keep going? Should we do. Or the touchdown.
0: Maybe, maybe for Pulled the Trigger, you can just reframe it like the starting gun.
1: Sure. I was trying to, like, avoid guns. I don't know. It feels so it feels so violent. And I don't want to end on that note. But shout
0: out to everyone. Ring the bell? We, can we ra- ring, r- ring the finishing bell? I don't sure. Know. Here shout we go. Shout out to
1: everyone who flashed their jazz hands this year and said, stop sitting on ideas and and went for it. This was not an easy year to make that happen. So, I mean, I say shout out to everyone who survived the year. That alone, I think, is worth celebration and a victory. And I really, truly mean that. Um, I think just being here and listening to this and being on your feet at the end of the year is no small feat. So just shout out to everyone. We see you and we recognize you and we think you're amazing. And and yeah, to everyone who decided to go for something this year, put yourselves out there. It's never easy to put yourselves out there. So um, shout outs and snaps and jazz hands and free throws to everyone who did that.
0: That's right. Exactly. Gumballs and unicorns to everybody who are, who are making it happen. I love it. Uh, the Jazz Hands reference is perfect. It goes back to how cool you were as a kid. Um, all, the, the, best use of creativity this year. Allie Feller showcasing all the Sports. dance pictures from her youth as she peruses the attic in Northwestern New Hampshire. Thank you so much for listening to the, this whole year of Ramblings yeah, on the Run with it's Allie and year. Matt. We took a summer sabbatical, but we're back with a vengeance. Thank you so much for listening.
1: Thanks for rambling with us on the on run on the run. Woo.
0: Thank you so much, Allie, for coming on the show. Our monthly conversations. This is always such a blast. Also, big shout out to Four Sigmatic. Oh man, I love I love having their coffee every single day. It really is my afternoon treat. I love having their single serving packs, which is you know, brew up some hot water. Pour it in, get the silver single-serving pack in there, and it's great because not only does it give me the caffeine boost that I love, but also all the mushroom goodness that they bring, and it's it's just so much more than just simply caffeine, and that's the nice thing about it. You get the caffeine boost, yes, and that's so enjoyable, but however, you get so much more than that. So it really does pack a punch. So go over to Four Sigmatic forward slash Rambling Runner and use code Rambling Runner for 10% off today. Thank you so much for listening and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of InPost Media. Thank you to MetaP for the music. His song Righteous Path featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu is produced by Symphonic Bang. Yeah Enterprising in my surroundings I'm finding the quietest of states these days Disrepresentation of storm brewing amazed that the focus remains The vocal focal point of my change I'm trying to show this industry